Splot Studios, the last known resting place for Vincent Price's teeth, proudly presents Tom Hanks Giving, right here every Tuesday. Tom Hanks Giving, come on and press play. There's Elvis, the host with the most, yada 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 yada. With a different guest each week, they're the smart ones. Each episode's a new movie. About Tom Hanks, the man himself, of course, it's time for Tom Hanks giving. It's the best you can get. It's the rootinest tootinest podcast on the internet. Tom Hanks giving. I don't want to like. You're always on your game, dude. <laughs> you got to bring it. Need to put some quarters in Zoltar. Say no gossip, guys. <laughs> Oh, yeah. man. Okay. Not much gossiping happening in this movie. No. All business, actually. There's no time wasted. Which we'll get to. Speaking of not wasting time, howdy, partner. Welcome to Tom Hanks Giving. I'm your host with the most, Elvis Von Kunish. And uh, uh, we're joined by Andy Greenbow, Alabama. <laughs> That's me. Thanks for having me on for the... The finest Hanks film. Well, I'm excited because like this has been a long time since we haven't been in the car together talking about Tom Hanks. <laughs> That's I guess, true. I guess maybe not that long because we, we talked about He Knows You're Alone. Yeah, in between. Uh, or did we record that before Hologram? hologram? No, that was after. No, that was after. All yeah, right, yeah, but yeah. it's not since a hologram for the king. And we <laughs> sat down on this couch to record. For the Empire Strikes Back of the Da Vinci Code franchise. Yes! <laughs> Which, by the way, today we are talking about <laughs> Angels and Demons, Ron Howard's 2009 Follow-up classic to the Da Vinci Code, <laughs> uh, which we uh, we talked about the Da Vinci Code on a previous episode. That's a good episode. Hey, it was one of my favorites too. Uh, our guest Jacob Reed was on, and uh, we we kind of talked about the hollowness of Holly, like flat Hollywood movies, like this this blockbuster for dumb people to make them feel smart. Uh, and Hanks's turn is kind of like a weird adventure action hero. And uh, we had a lot of criticisms for that movie. Uh, and I'm feeling a lot better about Angels and Demons. <laughs> I got a lot to say about this. How do you this feel? This movie is immune to criticism. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, no, this movie, uh, this movie is fun. It actually is. Uh, and uh, Yeah, yeah. I, and, I mean, it's, I think it's actually like, one, like what you were saying. It makes... Uh, dumb people think they're smart. I think mm. these movies make smart people think they're dumb because you're like actually <laughs> you're actually trying to figure it out and you realize no, there's a, there's no real there's no logic. <laughs> yeah. It's not playing that fair with you. And, and yes, I I know I don't know the most about you know a lot of the themes and religion and and all the the papacy stuff, but I don't think that matters. No, I mean honestly, it's kind of like going through the Disneyland version of. The Vatican and the yeah. papers and all that yeah, yeah. religious iconography. Anyway, yeah, yeah it's exactly. Like, oh, here it's like a, we're dealing with a real cultural subject, but we're gonna twist it. Yeah, we're gonna twist it so it's like uh, that's our pop culture fire. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's Dan Brown. That, it, it's, yeah. And it's it's it actually really works in this version of the movie, and I feel like we're diving in. Right, right ahead. Uh, we did. We did want to do a little recap. Yeah, uh, the Da Vinci Code. Set the stage because I didn't watch the Da Vinci Code before. You have seen this. it before. I had seen it before. You had read the book. I prepared by listening to your podcast. Mm-hmm. A great way to prepare. Yeah. For uh, obviously angels and demons, and more and importantly, just in life. For and in life, <laughs> but also for the Inferno movie, which is coming out next week. 
Oh man! Or actually, it's coming out this week, but we're going to review it next week. Uh, this is right. This is our our maybe not our first, but one of our our big two parters because uh, this week we're talking about Angels and Demons with Andy Green. He's coming back next week. We're going to do a, you, a, our. You went into the conclave and came out voting me. Yes, as your host or co-host for <laughs> for, for uh, Inferno, <laughs> which we're very excited about. So this is our our big Halloween double double week special, and that actually. Uh, we're jumping ahead. There's nothing spookier than church. There's nothing spookier <laughs> than church. And the end of the world, Tom Hanks is fighting off the apocalypse. And this one, he's just fighting off a city being destroyed. So we're really raising the and stakes. a mediocre blockbuster. But yeah, he fights well, it off with a plum. With a, with a plum. You feel <laughs> that B at the end of that word. Plum. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a special episode that was released. Uh, the only Monday episode of Tom Hanks Giving. <sighs> Because it will be released in time on Halloween Day, just for you kids. So uh, make sure you see uh, Inferno. Don't listen to it alone. No. (laughs) Not like he knows you're alone. Our other spooky (laughs) episode, which would also be appropriate for Halloween. But uh, yeah, so check out Inferno this week and come back on Halloween to listen to Inferno. But this week we're talking about... A&D. A&D. Give me some of that it ass sounds like and dick. Andy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Andy for Andy. That's how we had to do it. There it is. All right, so let's let's yeah. So recap of the first movie. Uh, we had a, we had a lot of criticisms when we talked about it on the show, and uh, it's basically Tom Hanks plays Robert Langdon, uh, who is this professor of symbology, which symbologist. Um, well, symbology would be what he yeah, studies. I know. I know. But, uh, that, I mean, I wasn't sure. I asked the question, is this a real profession? We didn't ever look it up. <laughs> but like, I guess there are people who are just oh, dedicated yeah. to be like, oh, this is a symbol. And I guess yeah, the true. alphabet is a symbol technically. So yeah, one like lot. hieroglyphs for yeah. like Egyptologists. So, so he's this kind of like, uh, you know, smart, you know, Harvard kind of guy. He, he's uh, like. With a, with, with a bit of an eccentric like belief in like. He's in the first movie. He's kind of a he's a bit of a nut, a kook, because he's got like this book, and it's all dedicated to like ancient symbols mean these stories and things. And so no one believes that. Yeah, yeah, and but but then his expertise kind of gets him involved with this this big scandal. Someone's stolen. Uh, no the, one cares. It, yeah, there's something is stolen. The codex is stolen, or there's something inside. Something about the church, and he gets pissed. The Vatican's going after him, and Magneto is his friend. Turns out to be the bad guy. Amelie turns out to be boring, uh, <laughs> boring but she's also his uh, or Jesus is like great, great, great grandniece. Great genes. Um, great genes, absolutely. Uh, and uh, but nobody can know about it. And that's kind of how the movie ends. And then he figures out shaving, like, one last secret. Like, oh. Mary- Hanks figured out shaving? That's <laughs> why I've never shaved. <laughs> Mary Magdalene's buried. It's a whole mess of a movie. And that, that's the thing. When we were watching this one, at the beginning, I'm like, I, I turn to you. And and it's kind of like, oh, you know what? I, just like the first movie, I'm, like, getting caught up in, like, the cheesy, fun, like, twisty, turny page. Like, oh, the plot's, like, it's moving. And I'm, I'm enjoying it. But I was I predicted that like oh halfway through something's gonna hit and it's gonna be like oh but then we're gonna talk about the implications <laughs> of why this is such a big important thing and God and the church and Catholicism and all that and it's gonna throw in so many plot choices it's not gonna make any sense and it's gonna make the movie kind of a bummer and that's what happened that was my experience with the Da Vinci Code but this movie. Andy? 
Angels and Demons, I feel like, embraces the cheesy thriller that it is. And it's like where Da Vinci Code struggles. Trying to be self-important. It's it's self-important. It's trying to be – it's pretentious. It's totally pretentious. It's trying to say something when it really has no substance. And we kind of – we scraped the bottom of the barrel in that episode to see if there was anything there. We haven't – uh, considered the lazy screenwriting is this a sign of Deus Ex Machina? Is God actually influencing the plot? <laughs> and we just we came away with no, that was not the case. But with this movie, it kind of like isn't afraid to shy or it, it's shying away, I guess, from the the big important stuff. And it's like, no, yeah, this is just a cheesy fun thriller that happens to involve the Catholic Church as kind of the setting. And and Hanks with a little bit less hair. A little. Oh, his hair looks so much better. <laughs> we get a Hanks. Speedo scene. <laughs> Speedo Hanks. It's the most Hanks skin we've seen since Splash. And hey, Ron, another Ron Howard. Another Ron Howard, Brian oh, Grazer. Um, <laughs> imagine Entertainment. Imagine Tom Hanks naked. That's what it's basically all about. And he, yeah. yeah, he got into shape. Looks good. He's he's in shape for his little action movie. His hair is finally cut. It's not a lot of it. Little action. Is well, it's right. a, it's a lot of like hustling. Not, yeah. not too much running. Hustling is right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he doesn't do any kung fu. A brisk jog, maybe a couple. What's of the panic. most action packed Hanks has ever been? Does he ever brawl with anybody? I'm trying to think now. Turner and Hooch. Uh, there's a little bit of action. Turner. I mean, I, mean, I guess you can count Toy Story. Yeah, he does go <laughs> fisticuffs with Buzz. <laughs> I mean, he's obviously, not an action star. Unless he's got a gun and he's in the military, like in your, your oh, saving private that's Ryan's. true. What about Road to Perdition? Oh, that's probably the most action-packed, but it's not like... He's running a lot in Catch Me If You Can. <laughs> <laughs> that's the poster, basically. But yeah, he never really gets into a brawl with anybody, so... Not, and he doesn't do it in this movie. Hopefully Inferno will be... We'll see him being a true, like, Marvel superstar. That would be great. Um, but uh, I'm not holding my breath. But uh, yeah, this movie embraces... Kind of the cheesy... The national treasure. Of the, it, it's right? it's very national yeah. treasure. And I, for one, now that we've kind of gotten like this, it's just the surface level thing. We're really not trying to say anything deep. Uh, I'm so glad that Tom Hanks has like his own little action franchise. It's <laughs> stupid. And it's, it you, like it's not, I can't say it's good, but it's Forgettable, fun. Forgettable, yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. And I, I love that he's got his little own... Like bad Indiana Jones, his, his national treasure. Jesus Jones. Jesus Jones. As yeah, I called him. For so some reason. I, I'm, I'm like, and maybe it's just because because like in the last month we we did Sully and Ithaca. I'm just so happy to see Hanks for a bit. Like you, you can know, enjoy. I'm enjoying it. So I'm going. That's that's my reaction. What's hey, your reaction? This, no, I'm I'm with you because uh, I think there are some of the same problems that it, uh, Da Vinci Code mm-hmm. had in this one, but I think it. it it's not trying so hard, and I think it's still overcomplicated, but they do simplify it, I think. Yeah. And the best part of it is that the pace is fantastic in this. Yeah. It really is just like, okay, we're going. It has a, a time of, like, midnight is when the antimatter thing is going to explode. That's maybe my favorite thing in this movie is that it's like, it's a one-day plot. And and you can't waste time there. I mean, we still do. I, and not really. I mean, we're just going back and forth doing the whole quest, which is the whole point. There's yeah. just no, like... And maybe we want little quiet, intimate moments, but honestly, no, I, I well, don't. <laughs> I, I, I think the the thing that it's sacrificing, and maybe uh, it's, character. Well, yeah, there's no character in this yeah. movie. Robert Langdon is a, so much even less in the first one, right? Like because he was, you said he had quirks, 
And this one, he has like, does he have a joke in this movie? No. Well, the first. Oh, he says like, like hell or something when they does complimented. He they complimented him wearing. He was wearing like. Oh a, a cloak yeah, yeah. Or, like, a, he wears a pastor's or a priest's outfit without the the collar. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you so look that suits you like hell. Yeah. So, but that's like his really one wry line, and like they at least tried to give him like the action one. I think they they went a little too far. With the pulling out of the character, because basically Robert Langdon in this movie is just there. Like, there's this isn't his story. It's so emphatically not his story. It wasn't really his story in the Da Vinci Code. He was still kind of our protagonist. Like, he's our access character for this story, and it was more about uh, Amelie, yeah. uh, Audrey Tateau's character. Um, but uh, he at least, you know, he had his little personal, like, oh, I gotta get over the elevator thing. And yeah. he had his relation, he had a relationship with Magneto, and that kind of influenced, like, how the story was laid out. And he was kind of uh, Magneto. I'm saying Magneto because I don't remember his character <laughs> name. But it doesn't, it doesn't. Who fucking cares? <laughs> um, Gandalf. <laughs> oh, there you go. You got him. Uh, Ian Sherlock Holmes. Played him as a. He played Sherlock Holmes? Yeah, he plays an old. Uh, oh, that's old right. Holmes. Yeah. Okay. But he just comes in and he's like the expert on this thing. He's a free agent kind of guy. Like, yeah. say, oh, we got to bring him in. He's the he, expert. He's like now. James Bond. It really has a James Bond setup of like, okay, there's this big MacGuffin that gets stolen. It's, and that's the, the, it's here's and, the mission. Yeah, exactly. The antimatter has been stolen. It's going to be used, obviously, and it's somewhere in Vatican City. Yeah, and he it's just like a James Bond. He's like he gets a he gets a mission. It's not really a personal a story. Bond girl, there's a new <laughs> Hanks girl. I, I guess a Da Vinci. Well, I love that a Hanks girl is. There's no romantic tension whatsoever. No no flirtation. No anything. She's just a woman that is. There. I guess there's that one moment where he's like, oh yeah, you can help me read Latin because I already we, know. We Latin. read into that. Yeah, we read into the Latin scene where they're in the archives that that he wouldn't know Latin because but how, how would he not he's like the super professor guy so he knows Latin he was just doing it so she she'd come around yeah. and kind of like flirt and like what or at least that was his approach but I don't think that's actually textually accurate because he doesn't know Italian either <laughs> And he gets the guard. Unless he's flirting with the guard, we get a, a bisexual. Well, Tom the Hanks. guard is my favorite character in the whole thing. More than Hanks. Yes. <laughs> and we just said that well, Hanks' character is actually not. that's true. The guard gets, and maybe it's Hank, a part of Hanks as an actor that he can bring out the best in everyone that he's in, even these small oh, for roles. Sure. But I'm just finding in this movie, especially that. I mean, it's one of those ones where you're watching it and you're you're deriving more pleasure from just the people on the outside and being like, yeah. Ooh, what are they going to do? Is the, is the inspector going to be bad? Or who's going to be bad? And and we're trying not to be the obvious person, but we're thinking it probably is the obvious person. Yeah, yeah. And you're and yeah, that's, that's a huge part of the fun of this kind of movie. And it, it, because this one just embraces it and goes hog wild, is that that kind of childish, like, oh, we're engaging with it. Who's it going to be? Is it like... It's a, it's a whodunit. And, yeah. And who's doing it, rather. Because you know happening. there's a twist coming, and uh, you're trying to figure it out ahead of the movie. Because you know someone in the papacy is corrupt, because of, there's always someone corrupt. Yeah, I mean, they leave the clues pretty early on, but also the same thing, yeah. like, what, oh, it's just some guy? Yeah. That's... What movie does that? Well, I mean, it could just be the Illuminati. It's true. That but, I mean, I think... Saving that for the sequel, maybe. There you go. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe this woke them up. Like, oh, you use the Illuminati in, I don't know, as a tool for fear. We'll show you real fear. Yeah, something like that. Um, but, yeah, I think this movie does... It's so interesting to look at it as a reaction to the failures and successes of the previous film. And... Uh, 
I mean, the previous film did a lot of money. This one obviously did was successful enough to yeah, probably not another as much, sequel. But yeah, um, but it, it obviously did well enough for that. Uh, we'll see how well Inferno does. Yeah, I mean, so they fixed his hair. They fixed then... his hair. Yeah, yeah. They fixed his hair. They pulled out all the pretentious bullshit and the, the like. The, and a lot of explaining. There's a lot less. Uh... So much less exp- explanation. Um, so that, which means it is, the movie is unclear. Like we had several points where like, wait, what the, what's going on? It's not that the explanation wasn't there. It's just like everything goes so fast. Very quick. Yeah. Um, and if you, you miss a beat or you're, you know, cause there's so much information hitting you at at once. But it's okay to miss a beat because you're still having fun. Yeah. It's not like you're, you're still moving forward. That's the thing. Like there's a lot going on, but unlike the previous film, it's not convoluted. It's just. Complicated. Compl- it's still, I guess it's convoluted towards the end. It still yeah. does that Da Vinci Code thing. Yeah. But like for the most part, it's like, oh no, it's just, we got to save these four guys. And, someone, and there are four and elements. And there's a bomb. Yeah. Basically, we got to put, you know, it's... It's a scavenger hunt for, yeah, the stolen, the stolen, the kidnapped uh, Cardinals. It's the, a kidnapped movie yeah. plus a bomb. And it's very simple in that sense. And the fact that they even like... Going back to what they kind of – the reaction to the previous movie, what they changed to improve upon it. Uh, They pulled out all that stuff. They also pulled out like any semblance of a love story. There was barely any with Audrey Tateau's character in the first movie, which is good because she plays even like younger than Hanks and his uh, his co-star in this movie. Uh, And it was just kind of – Victoria in this one. Yeah, Victoria. Uh, Because it was just kind of awkward. Like they kind of have a – what was it? Kiss on the cheek? Uh, you listen to the episode, don't we talk about it? Uh, kiss on the forehead. Kiss on the forehead in the at the end of Da Vinci Code, and even that felt like a like little I'm weird. referencing your episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this one, there's no kiss. There's nothing. Not even like a lust outside of that we imbued flirtation scene. Uh, no. And I kind of appreciate that. I, I think it's nice to yeah to not force the, the I, guy and the girl have to get together because especially in this, there's just no time. Well, yeah, it's a day. I guarantee that the book has, like, a romance or something. That's true. Well, and also, she was never even in danger. I mean, that's another trope is that, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe she gets kidnapped or whatever. But she was honestly kind of just there along for the ride. She was removed from a lot of the action. And that was interesting, too, because we got three different point-of-view characters. It was Hanks, uh, Victoria, um, and then Ewan McGregor. Yeah. um, The Camerlango. Yeah. His name is Patrick. Patrick, nice, Father Patrick. nice pull. Yeah, I'm gonna call him Obi Wan because I'm like that. Um, I'm gonna call him the Camerlango. That sounds that sounds cool. Actually, I mean that's his that's his title, which I I, I guess is the it's probably a thing. It's like the the aide or counsel to the Pope. It sounded like, but he's not a cardinal. He is not, which is a big it's a big whole thing. Clearly, he wants to he, be that. He's got ambition. He's, Ewan McGregor had a lot to play here. He yeah, he was good. He, he got the 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 Hanks the the fun meaty got, role. Yeah, yeah. He's like this is a cheese and like I, just the same way Ron Howard directed this movie to just embrace the cheese. Yeah, he Ewan got to do that. Yeah, he's like this is a you know it's not a realistic character maybe but like he does a very nice job. He, he's got his accent going mm-hmm. and he plays Two Face. And he fucking lights himself on fire at the end. Well, like, and and I think we were actually thrown by that. Like, we assumed yeah. he was evil. That was what was fun with this movie, is you assume Ewan McGregor's evil from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then the whole movie convinces you otherwise, and because the movie has the longest ending ever, then you're like, oh, fuck, he really is evil. Yeah, yeah, because there's that moment, like, when it's the movie's still going, you're like, 
Oh, there is one more twist. Yeah. And then what could it be? And, and it has to be that. But yeah. Like, because, but, like, I mean, it's almost like, of course, Stellan Skarsgård, I mean, they, they make you think he's evil because he fucking is evil. Like, he acts like a dick. And it's yeah. like, come on, what he does. But then, I mean, it's it's manipulative. But, but, uh, but, but th- in, in a fun way where it's like, uh, you want to be fooled. And in, in, like, a way that why people love uh, CSI yeah. and Law and & Order, like, they know the truth is, but they let you, you let yourself get tricked. Exactly. And I mean, fun. and if as long as the movie's doing that right in front of you while you're watching it, it's fine. Yeah, because that's all this really is. It does not hold up if you scrutinize it later. Like, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck was Ewan's plan? He he was gonna blow up. I mean, that could have gone so wrong. <laughs> yeah, he, he was it. holding it in yeah. his hand. Yeah, exactly. The, the, he, he almost died in the parachute. Like, he knew that Robert Langdon was going to find it four minutes before that would happen, and then he'd have enough time to go up there, and then he had... A, yeah, no, there was... And, like, the more you think about, like, why did he get... Uh, why did he take the doctor uh, to go see the Pope's dead body to confirm it? Right, well... It's, I guess because he wanted to... If it was a murder... Because that makes him yeah. look good. Like, it, make, I, I it, guess. It, it goes away... You lose suspicion if you're the one who takes him to the dead yeah, body. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, I guess there's a... There's, it makes a sort of sense, but not not real. Like especially. Well, what about his actual goal? And his whole goal was basically to take down science, essentially, because the god particle. We, that's they did touch on a little bit that the the antimatter is, is kind of the god particle. That's where uh, Vittoria works uh, in CERN in in Geneva. Mm-hmm. They come up with it at the beginning. The Large Hadron Collider. Yes. Which was in the news around that time. Yeah, and the yeah particle accelerator. They didn't create flash. They created no, anti-matter. No. And then the uh, the Swiss Michael Ironside gets killed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the gruesome details in this movie are great. Oh, yeah. We get to see, like, a, an eye just on the ground. We get to see some, like, blood spatter on Hanks. On Hanks, yeah. He has a good blood spatter. That's why he had to change ever. clothes. Yeah, into the priest's outfit. He did and look great in the priest's outfit. He did. And my favorite scene, uh, just in terms of that visceral reaction, was the guy, one of the Pope... Oh, uh, campaigners, uh, the preferiti, the, 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 the preferiti. candidates, the four, the four favored candidates. Uh, yes, yeah. uh, the the fire dude who's literally getting burned to death uh, in one of the churches. That was just holy shit. And I thought they were going to save the guy. Did not. He just got to burn to death while Hanks <laughs> crawled away in terror. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> <laughs> He's not. This is. He saved one out of four. I think that's a. He's a twenty-five percent of a hero. But did he save him? Really? He kind of had to get help. That's true. Well, he got help by Rome. This is the people of Rome. He's yes, yes. Because Hanks is an everyman. All right, they all rally. There's the Spider-Man moment where New York's there. Yes, everybody (laughs) wants to have the Spider-Man moment. Even the next Spider-Man reboot, which sucked. (laughs) That moment was so bad. You gotta gotta ape the moment. Yeah, New York is a character. Rome is a Rome is a character, and that's actually I kind of like these movies. I mean, they're not accurate, but I like the travelogue element of Mm -hmm. it. It's like, ooh. I want to go to Rome and go see all these different places. I've been to Rome and it like it, it jogs some of that stuff to me in, in, in a romantic way. I mean, it's so like not like 
no one watches movies like I'm actually going to go to Rome. They're like, this is why I never have to go to Rome. Well, uh, you, you, I'm sure, recognized all of those expansive rooms they shot in and expensively went to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This was probably shot in fucking Burbank. Uh, yeah, right, here, right yeah. down the street. Oh yeah, no, it definitely was. Yeah, no, there was there was some painful uh, green screen. So bad. Like the green screen was worse than the the Star Wars prequels in a lot of places. Like just Ewan McGregor, he just he, he signs up for these. Well, that was the thing. He knew how to act in those. In those, I I noticed them less when it was Hanks and. And, uh, what's her face going yeah, on? Yeah, he's not used to it. So, mm, no, he needs a he needs a, a physical set. Yeah, that, the when they're in the uh, necrop or no no the pantheon was really bad. Yeah, and yeah. Then, there's the and then just like pretty this, much any any actual big thing they went into was just so painfully fake. Yeah, and the, the chapel was like a screensaver on top. Of <laughs> <laughs> and the museum where they had like. People who are all like in different layers of green screen behind them. Oh, yeah, the little so extras bad. looking at them, and it's like, oh, God, he's like way too close. Yeah. And there was like at least one where they were like panning down from the sky, tr- chasing after oh, it must yeah, have been yeah. Ewan McGregor or something. And it was like, oh, yes. Yeah, it kind of makes you dizzy a little bit. Yeah, a little it's a little, bit. it's the uncanny valley of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they've certainly improved upon those, those kind of uh, CGI sets, but. Oh, it's bad. That's true. Yeah, I mean, like, they can't get access to most of these places because, I mean, rightfully, well, so, obviously, the yeah, Vatican they can't <laughs> shoot. Be like, in oh, the yeah, put a, a mediocre movie here. I don't know. I guess this was probably the best option they had, but still, ugh. yeah, not great. <laughs> but <laughs> so it didn't again, make you want to go to fake Rome. Didn't want to make me go to fake. It Rome. It made me want to see the real one. And and I just and I mean they're talking about real things mm-hmm. and then just getting the history of all the different sculptures and I want to see all the statues pointing. I'm yeah, like, yeah, you I said want to follow you want to go them. on that scavenger hunt. Yeah, that sounds like that's fun stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, ironically, it reminds me of Amelie, which is yeah. the star of the previous movie, <laughs> yeah. um, and probably a better use of my time in terms of a scavenger hunt. I mean, well, France. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got to well, go. Been done it. So it, this is... Well, can we talk about how this movie has a lot of, like, that the whole Batman ending in this? I mean, it's Dark Knight yeah. Rises, which I, I think it came out before Dark Knight Rises. But did, basically, yeah. Ewan McGregor's character takes the, the antimatter, he goes up in a helicopter, and he takes it away so it'll explode. But then instead of dying, in quotes, because Batman mm-hmm. doesn't die, uh, he, he takes the parachute, and it's... That is where we see a lot of bad CGI around it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the parachute is like... Uh, God, it's like a like a feather in Forrest Gump. Or what, what's the no, not uh, what's like one of the movies where there's just always an object that's just floating around. I feel like Hanks had that in uh, not feather in Forrest Gump. Is it feather in Forrest Gump? Yeah, at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, but it's it's like that. Like the parachute's just going everywhere, and and somehow like he survives. Like how does that a part well, of his plan? It was yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it was so weird because like that's a moment. Even if, yeah, I mean, at this point in the movie, you don't know he's a bad guy. You think he's a good guy because he's a hero. Yeah, he's a hero. And, but like the tone is all over the place. Like because when he's flying around it's hitting the roof, funny. it's funny because <laughs> yeah. the part of partially because of the graphics, partially just because like this is so absurd. But uh, also partially because like he did it, but then it's still like wreaking havoc. Upon yeah, everyone it's still else. kind of fucking everybody. Yeah, like um, several people died. I think anyway. So like yeah, the way those signs were flying around and people definitely got injured a lot. A lot of people probably died. But, like, I mean, the but the, the Batman of it was that they basically made him Harvey Dent, where they were like, okay, so they covered it up. They covered, they kept that he was yes, a hero. And, yes. then they, and that was what this movie, obviously, and just Dan Brown and all this is all about deception. 
and, and, and covering it up. And the church doesn't learn any lessons here. Like, like I want, yeah, I want to going into that. Do we learn a lesson? What is the movie's stance? What is it? Because it's constantly even and the last one too is critical of the Catholic Church and their practices. Yeah. But is, is it saying? I like that, but I don't. I don't think it. I don't think it ever does, does anything. anything. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like it gets a very safe choice because it's kind of like, oh, we we lied to have his truth preserved, and that I can kind of actually get behind. I mean, that's the Batman thing. Yeah, and it's also kind of how movies work. Yeah, uh, movies are just lies that get to get to, yeah. get to a human well, emotional. And truth. it's uh, what uh, Cardinal Strauss, the guy who we think is evil the whole time, but he's really just a crotchety old man who's yeah. just very strict to the old ways. Mm. He basically says, "When you write about us, write us softly," and that's what these are. These are softly written movies where they're they're just it's a soft barely, critique. Yes, yeah. a very soft critique of like, well, maybe we should look into this a little bit, right? It's, it's like it's appealing to both sides because it's. It's engaging with the Catholicism, and it's like it's like this. Yeah, is... the church should honestly be all on board with these movies because yeah. it just it, it starts a conversation. It makes you want to be interested mm-hmm. in these iconographies, these artifacts. And, and it most for the most like I mean, both movies so far, there's been some sketchy details, but like the spirit of the church is always like, no, this is a good thing. Yeah, uh, and the critique is always kind of bullshitty, and and it kind of comes down to there wasn't really. A character story for Hanks, yeah, for Robert so, Langdon, yeah. We, we, it sort of seemed like his. If there was an internal struggle at all, they did some lip service to his faith and how he. But I don't think he ever moves, makes a move on that. No, so like when he <laughs> tries to get access to the Vatican archives, mm-hmm. Ewan McGregor's character basically vets him. He's like, "So I just have one question: Do you believe?" And that, and that's I think yeah. going to the supposedly the character credo or like the whatever we're going to learn about Hanks in this Because he's over claustrophobia. Yeah. Now it's all about faith. And uh, and he basically said that he never, his mind never understood it and that his heart uh, tells him we're not supposed to know. Exactly. And he said like faith is a gift I've yet to receive. Yes. Does he receive the gift by the end? Because he says I don't think God sent me. And then he just gets that look from the new pope. Uh, saying like, well, are you sure? And then you were sent by God to help us, Robert Langdon. That's what he's, that's what Strauss is implying. Yeah. I don't know if Robert Langdon walks away with that gift though. No. And I think he didn't learn anything. I think, which at least that's good. Like, I think it's better that he, he admits that he's a static character there than like, I want to join the church, right? Like, wouldn't that be the worst? Like, because we don't buy that at all, right? Like, that journey that he supposedly should make? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it it makes it less of a story is the problem. <laughs> There's nothing really going it's, on. It's a bad thing when I'm I'm rooting for the less of a story part than the bad story part. Like, it, it would, would it matter? Like, obviously, he's not going to join the church. But he doesn't have to go that far, but just to have faith. Well, I believe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Something. I believe this something out, is something out there. Uh, you know what? It, it, that's, like, such a vague, bullshitty, like... I want to sure. believe. Like, that's the end of the fucking Super Mario Bros. movie. Like, oh, I believe. Or like Bob Hoskins Mario. It's so bullshit. Like, it's not that much of a commitment. It's not a big character arc. But, like, he could have just had something. But no. And maybe it's kind of ballsy that he didn't. He's like, I'm going to stay academic. Like, Agnostic, you god yeah, people are yeah. crazy. I got my book. I yeah. got the Galileo. That, that's all it was for him. Yeah. It was so material. 
Well, I mean, he saved a few lives. Oh, obviously. And and that's important. (laughs) (laughs) There's a moment, actually, I wanted to come back. When we were talking about the, how this is a one-day plot movie. Yeah. Um, Robert Lang, the movie starts, uh, obviously there's shit going on. They send a dude to pick him up. Poppy, as I call him. (laughs) We don't know his character name. Um, Robert Lang is just enjoying a swim in a Speedo. He's not planning on doing anything big and, ex- and <laughs> obtrusive that day. Probably but thinking no. about his lecture in class that exactly. day. Exactly. Yeah. And then he gets it and then he goes, oh, we, it's a very important thing. And then uh, uh, it's like, all right, you know what? If I go over there, maybe I'll get access to the thing I want. So his little motivation. So, But he's thinking, okay, there's a big, there's a big to do. People might die. So it's kind of like his last little adventure. Yeah. Um, and which it's, you I, know, it's a puzzle to solve. That's yeah, what yeah. he's all so about. Yeah, so he's engaged. Yeah. And so he's probably thinking, oh, this will be, I'll have to spend some time in Europe, just like last time. I'll be there for maybe a week or so, a couple of weeks, figuring this out. But then he gets to the, the Vatican and like within 20 minutes there, he's like, we have till midnight. Like, I just <laughs> wondered that moment, they didn't, there was no moment in the movie, but like in his mind, he's like, fuck, I knew I was going to be busy, but like... Fuck, this is my whole day. <laughs> I got so much shit to do. Like, have you ever been in that position? Obviously not where the world's going to end, but where you not show yet, up yeah. for work and you're like, oh, this is a way bigger oh, deal oh. than I thought. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You just go and you're like, oh, I thought I was going to be able to have time to do yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. He's like, like I, oh. You have that to-do list that you were like, well, I was going to do this <laughs> after that. And it's like, well, he doesn't have time to do anything else after saving the world. Yeah. So that's that's his uh, burden. I kind of wish we the had that burden. scene. <laughs> Just a moment. He's the call, like, he calls Audrey to sorry, I can't hang out. Yeah. Like, I'm in Europe. Even just a moment, like, where the other good dude's still talking and just we just see Hanks. It's like, fuck, that's, this is going to be a whole day. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I don't even get to have gelato. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would never, be a perfect Hanks line. Never, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there the was frustrated no, Hanks there. I hope we get a little bit more but of that Inferno. In I, I want him to be more of a resigned character, right? He, he's like too old for this shit at this point, right? I hope so. Inferno, yeah. maybe. Because yeah. uh, he's like, he's a long Hanks is perfect for that trope. He's like, so like good he for was that. born in the middle of like saying that. <laughs> <laughs> he just comes out of the I'm too old for this. Ah! What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, just frustrated Hanks. <laughs> That's our favorite Hanks. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't fr- I mean, he was good in this. He was perplexed. He was perplexed. And scared. And uh Yeah, he doesn't he didn't have enough Did he have more to do in Da Vinci Code? I he feel had like he- much more heavy lifting to do in Da Vinci Code. But that also led to the way of its convolution. So you got yeah. a little bit more from Hanks, but it, it, it came with that baggage, that bullshit baggage. So they, in the reaction of the previous movie, they cut that stuff, yeah. but they lost some like Hanks doesn't, he's so Ticks. barely there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm not talking necessarily about the internal stuff, but we're not even getting like his charming, like one liners there. Sh- this is a movie. It's so cheesy. He should be having those one liners. Like, when he saves the Pope and from the water and all the people are there, he's like, win in Rome. <laughs> like, why why there stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, let's look have some fun. Yeah, no, the one the one one liner he has, he says, Well, that's disappointing. And like that speaks for everything, yeah. right? That's <laughs> maybe the most like uh fun scene was Oh, when they're stuck in the They're stuck in, in the, the archives. Yeah, in the archives with Blondgard. With your Blondgard, and it's it's him and Hanks. And they're looking for stuff, and the, the power goes off, and the air conditioner turns off, and it's getting too hot, or the oxygen, well, no, the oxygen turns yeah. off with the power. It's not the AC. I, like, love, <laughs> I, I love the detail in every movie where uh, if there's an air conditioning or an air vent, 
they're going to tie on little pieces of paper so you can see it's blowing. Yeah. That's never in real life. And it's so far up there, who would get up there to do that? It's just a movie conceit so dumb audiences can understand, oh, the air's not blowing. <laughs> I love it every time I see it. Oh, man. I would have loved him to say, the air's not blowing. <laughs> How do you know? Look at the pieces of paper. They're not moving. We're going to die. And then just smacks blonde guy. <laughs> but it's pretty funny because, yeah, so Blongard pushes a whole cart of books into the in the window. And, <laughs> and then, then he's passes winded. Out. Well, because they, they set up that he's a smoker. So his lungs aren't as good as Hank's. I was kind of hoping that was going to go somewhere because in the very beginning of the movie when we saw, what, Danish Michael Ironside? Uh, Swiss. Swiss yeah. Michael Iron. That's right. Genevan, though, I like. <laughs> Genevan Michael um, Ironside. There's this, like, little... It's there's a little tiny no smoking sign like in the background shot of the shot, and like I just noticed it and like put it away. But when the smoking guy came up, I was like, "Is there a subtle little like no smoking message Ron Howard's throwing in this?" But it never came back. For and he me. started smoking after that. So yeah, it's yeah. like he learned a lesson. And he didn't die, so there was no punishment for going back to. He his was old one of the ways. few people who survived. Yeah, and rightly so. Uh, although he did kill the like, actual good guy. <laughs> But he that's you know, gonna be on his conscience for a while. That's true. But hey, um, he's yeah. He might get, take the faith, take the cloth. I guess you you and McGregor lights himself on fire. Smoking's bad. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think there's anything there. The it was Burning Man. It's like everyone at the end. We gotta go to Burning Man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Um, you lost me. Uh, the, the festival Burning. Man. No, I know, but like. I mean, it was just very literal. It's a guy burning. <laughs> yeah, I get. But is that because people smoke weed? No, 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 no. I'm. Yeah, we can we can end this. Table. <laughs> anyway, I feel anyway. like you were going somewhere before that. Uh, I probably was. Oh well, we we didn't finish. The, oh no, we're the, talking about the, the scene, red room. The uh, the red room, the archival escape. It's yeah, and then and then I love that we get. Our, our boys the most down. Active Hank's the most angry. Yeah, he's like it's action star. He's climbing up this giant Books. library bookshelf, and he's like, ah! <laughs> yeah, he hangs out in this movie. The Incredible Hank's. There's two moments where he's up there, and what's great is neither of them. Were. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's hulking out. He's hanging out, and he's like pushing against the pillar, and finally the the bookshelf rocket and yeah like he's gonna he crash it against the the window and of course nothing it's great and then he realizes Blongard has a gun a fucking gun <laughs> why didn't we use that why didn't he use that <laughs> so we start shooting it and it's like okay now the glass has got to be weak and he's enough. dying right now he's, everybody's dying yeah. uh, Hanks in his last bit of oxygen climbs up to try and do it but doesn't he passes out but that dead weight is enough to <laughs> he hasn't lost that much weight no no <laughs> Uh, and like that was the only moment where I was like, "Is this uh, an act of God? Is this an actual Deus Ex Machina coming in to save the day?" And then you're like, "Fuck you! Let's keep watching." I the think movie. it was more of a <laughs> that, <laughs> yes. But I think it was also kind of a comedic moment in that. I like, guess you're right. It was more co- that was more a co- moment of comedy because because I mean it was just like this. That was frustrated Hanks, right? And we got to see it in yeah. action, and then. I mean, that's, that's after the, he passes out, he doesn't even get the satisfaction of saving it. Like, I mean, that, that's great. That is great because it's like that's the lighting of the match and yeah. then the match going out in Toy Story, where it's like yeah. we know the solution. He's gonna shoot the thing uh, yeah. or whatever, and then it's not, or he's gonna knock this thing over, and then it's gonna work, and then it doesn't work. But my problem is that there was no satisfying conclusion. It was right. just like, oh, and then it does work. Um, but whatever, it's still still a fun sequence. 
Uh, and I guess that and the Burning Man part one is, yeah, your, yes. is your favorite because that was just like so holy shit we're doing this, this is PG thirteen it was movie. holy it was holy I'm sure it was shit because like <laughs> yeah. who wouldn't yeah it's true uh, but yeah dude was on fire um, what was your favorite scene I know Red Room for Red sure Room, yeah that was great for as little character as Hanks gets in this movie Victoria the girl nothing yeah she shows up at the beginning and like she's the expert. And I mean, I guess that's more realistic. It's like, we need this girl to figure it out. But even she doesn't do anything with the antimatter at the end. She doesn't do anything except for like, oh, you can't hold it. She holds it and puts it down and like, oh, we can't do anything. But then he grabs it and does everything. She, and, She's, and we pointed out that Ewan McGregor could have done the exact same thing she did. Just I mean, he knew it. that was there the yeah. whole time. So why? And he, he could have been a... Five seconds off and killed everyone. <laughs> Rude. Like, what the With fuck was he thinking? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I guess you could chalk it up to insane villain, but... Yeah. I don't know. Which is always boring. It, yeah, unless, I mean, no, like, I don't think we really got into his motivations that much. I mean, we got some backstory on him, that he was an orphan, mm, and that, you know... The Pope, like, took him in. And then, and then the Cardinals didn't really treat him that well because he wasn't a Cardinal. He was just a priest, and... Can't you become a Cardinal? How does that work? You have to give a, I think that's give it a beyond the scope of this. <laughs> yeah, you have to evolve. Yeah, once you get enough uh, priest candies, then yes, you can then evolve it. And you're a cardinal. And you're a pigeota. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, um, man. We, that, was the, that was a good tangent. Um, yeah. Speaking of tangents, Boom. there's a moment, or it's basically the crux of the end. Actually, Ooh, are we on the path of illumination right now? Not, we're on the path of illumination. We're getting All there. Right. It's, it's not quite the crooked path from Joe versus the volcano, <laughs> but it, it's more of a cross. There's a moment in the movie where, or before before the twist happens, where it's like, uh, you McGregor, oh, he's the evil one. Yeah. There was a moment where we reach enough of the conclusion where I'm starting to think of Inferno now. It's like, wait a minute. So Ewan McGregor is the Pope in Inferno? Like, isn't that weird that there's, like, this young pope? I know he's not in the movie. It's like, what the fuck is going to happen? And that was the first moment where I was, like, tipped off, like, wait, this movie's not over yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was mostly wishful thinking. Yeah. Like, I kind of like – I mean, the twist was fun. I'm glad it had the twist, but it did add about 15 minutes to the movie probably. Yeah. Uh, was that worth it? I mean, because it felt like it actually had a pretty good end with just the Stellan Skarsgård murder and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it did need it because like it's that kind of movie. Yeah, I think sure. I, you need the you always need the last twist. Yeah, I I mean the major problem is that it had like you could have had Robert Langdon go home before that twist. I guess he had to find it out. He found out, but that's true. And it, actually, there was. To the movie's credit, like you saw that little key in the Sony. Remember? Remember yeah, we were talking yeah, about the laptop yeah. and I was like, there's something here, but I have no idea what the fuck that It'll symbol is. It'll come back somewhere. And yeah, yeah, it was that key, but it was very, I mean, it wasn't well done. It was no, just no, like, it, oh, wasn't, look, it, it wasn't like you were thinking the whole time, like, there's something in there or, I mean, I guess you picked it up. So it, it functions. Yeah, I guess it It wasn't did. super satisfying. I think um, a major point, again, coming back to like how it's it's thrilling and it's like, oh, Yay, a twist. It's hollow because it doesn't have anything to do with our characters or our theme. Like, we're not really... We're just doing it because, like, that's the form. And that's yeah. fine. It was fun. I, again, I think it was better... It's flimsy. But it's it's flimsy. It's hollow. It's it's wishy-washy. Um, but... Uh, what is the theme? Did we did we land on that? I guess the... the I guess... Faith it, is a gift we've yet to receive. No, no. And, I, and we haven't gotten a good movie from this franchise. <laughs> 
Well, this is better movie. Yeah. so far. So Inferno. I'm, that, I'm excited with, for Inferno at this point. Uh, but uh, no, no. Stepping back, you and McGregor is wrong that yes. you can't incorporate science into God. So I guess the if there is like a very light, safe message this movie has, it's like no, you can have these things. I mean, there's with it's the, Robert with, Langdon and the Pope. They're best friends at the end. Because, well, yeah, because the Pope is also a doctor himself. So we have science and religion yeah, yeah. combined. And, and that is... That's the message. That's a, Yeah, and that's the message we need in everything. It's always not... No extremes. Let's let's come together. Let's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, accept everybody, right? Yes, only the Sith deal in absolutes and <laughs> apparently Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um... <clears throat> Which leads me to the the real big thing, because uh, the end of the movie, Hanks is like last little thing is he finds this security cam footage, this nanny cam footage of the Pope's bedroom and his his quarters, uh, which he installed for Stellan Skarsgård to keep watch on him because privately because he, uh, he had these health problems. He was yeah. worried about having a seizure. Um, however, and this is what like he uses that to find out Stellan Skarsgård is fine and the. Other dude was not with you. Yeah, he wasn't trying to kill you. Yeah. Well, he was, but, but, but he, like, for the right reasons. Same <laughs> with, same with sneering cardinal dude. Yeah, uh, the only guy in black robes. <laughs> yeah, totally telegraphed to be evil. So, big surprise he wasn't. Um, but uh, so, so the Pope is under constant surveillance. Can the Pope masturbate, even if he's not <laughs> under surveillance? Is that a sin? Is mas- oh, yeah. masturbation? It's for- impure thoughts. Or I guess if you somehow if you can masturbate without any impurity, what if you're masturbating? I think it is impure, just regardless. What if you're married and you're masturbating, thinking about your wife? Hmm. Is that impure? Because you're married, God's love is there. It's 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 all religious, and maybe she can't be there for you, and you just want to fucking get one off. <laughs> is that a sin? That, I want to fucking get one off, and the well, I mean. I'll answer your question the wrong way and saying that I for sure would masturbate in the back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I ever got that opportunity. Andy Green, the next Pope, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> exactly. I'm announcing my candidacy. No, no, but... Uh, so no, no, it, I, I... Is it a sin for people? This is a little with a... Not would you rather with Dan Rather. Well, close. <laughs> would here. you rather masturbate in the Vatican or become a stone statue and get your dick castrated? <laughs> I was going to work that in somehow. <laughs> I, I almost did earlier. Uh, wait, so would I rather masturbate? The obvious answer is masturbate. <laughs> but you go to hell for the rest of your life. <laughs> well, hey, I'll hang out with Ewan McGregor. There you go. And the Sith Lords. Um, Darth Maul, Plagueis, <laughs> Sidious, I guess Vader. Now he was redeemed. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, so I think it's a tough question you, you laid out there. I think they... I, I think just masturbation's a no-no in general, but I think if we're going by the textbook definition of like, I mean, isn't it still just in, if it's about your wife, I guess that might be okay. We're not. I'm not the one to answer that question. That's true. You're not. You're not really the authority. I guess. <laughs> uh, let us know. Write us at Tom Hanks Pod. Do you think masturbation is a sin? We want to know. Find us on Twitter. Well, and then, yeah. <laughs> um, well, the Pope's on Twitter, so I know you're listening, buddy. <laughs> you may not be the doctor we're looking for, but uh, let us know. We'll ask. And let us know if you're an inferno. <laughs> that'll be a tweet from the Tom Hanks pod. We're going to ask the Pope, is masturbation a sin? 
But my question, going back to <laughs> even going away from that, because I want to know the answer. We're going to ask that question. Okay. Is um, do you think the Pope masturbates? Like honestly, is he too old? Is a guy no. too old at that point? Oh, that well, that like that you, no, be. you're fucking jacking off till the day you die. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, like Mel Brooks, he's jerking it. You don't think he That's is? That's true. That's true. No, but still, I, old yeah. people have crazy active sex lives, and if they don't, if they can't get laid, I'm sure they're jacking it. Yeah, no, I mean that's fair. I, I, I think, I think the Pope, if it, I think the Pope doesn't though. You don't I think mean, the Pope does? I mean, I guess his his whole life, is his whole like thing Jesus. is that, right? I mean, but you don't think he ever? It, just it like, goes if you believe the Pope to be uh, a pure person. I'm not. Which, sa- I'm not saying that the Pope doesn't believe everything he believes and isn't. A, a man of holiness. Even I, mean, if I, I for don't. one thing, mass, obviously masturbating. There's nothing wrong with it. Wait, it's wait, wait, healthy. Wait. It's good. So I would have no problem with the post. But but that's the thing. I'm looking at him as a human being. Like, do you think that like there's a moment like when the Pope is not alone, or <laughs> when the Pope is alone? <laughs> the Pope. He knows a, you're alone. The Pope's alone. All of his people are gone. He's just chilling. I mean, the Pope's got to chill. You know, he farts. He farts. <laughs> the, pope. the Pope farts. He probably doesn't he, do well, it. He's certainly had a few awkward boners. You know, like he's got to get boners. Yeah, yeah. Unless and, something and doesn't I bet work. You, you know, as a kid, I mean, I the first time I ever masturbated, it was on accident. It was like I didn't really know what was going on, but I know it felt good. I was literally just rubbing myself against the bed, <laughs> and then and then all of a sudden it was wet, and I was like, "Whoa!" And that was that. And so I, the Pope might have had that. I tell you, when I was a kid, I masturbated constantly. But I, I didn't know what I was doing. I just, like, yeah. touching everything yeah, down yeah. But the first time where I, like, crossed the puberty threshold, where, yeah. where it wasn't just, oh, you're waggling your dick, and yeah. now it's, like, it can do something. I remember going at it and, like, feeling, like, a se- that surge of something. And it was painful initially. And I, for the first, like, three seconds after it happened, maybe longer, probably longer, I thought I had shot out one of my testicles. <laughs> and I was freaking the fuck out. So, I'm never touching my dick again. That didn't last. Until the next day. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, I didn't know this was going to be a masturbation podcast. <laughs> Angels and demons, everybody. We're talking we got about, a lot of demons. We got a lot of demons. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, the, the Pope's a human, man. He's... He has, he has needs, he has urges. How about, like, in the shower? You don't think he gives it a couple pumps? Maybe he doesn't finish. But he's down there, he's got the That's soap. even harder than uh, have you going ever, through with it. Have you ever done a couple pumps but not finished? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not that hard. Yeah, whenever you come in through the apartment, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I gotta stop. <laughs> As someone who was in a video, not masturbating for a whole month, I gotta tell you, a month sucks. The Pope doing his whole fucking life? But he doesn't know what he's missing. No, because you said yourself, when he was a kid, he probably didn't know and just did something. That's true. There's no way. I, but you know, it's not the same thing in that scenario, but I guess you do. It does feel good. You feel, it feels great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless it's like your first time and you think your ball got shot out of your dick. <laughs> I don't think most people. It. They call that the God particle. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, oh my God. Quite literally. Uh, I don't know how to follow <laughs> Do you have anything else to say about angels and demons? Uh, well, this has been a goddamn nightmare.
That was a quote from the movie. Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the only way I could think was of it. Was it a Hank's line? No, it was about like tourism or no, it was uh, it was like the inspector or Stone's oh, yeah. said it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that didn't follow it. <laughs> no. Right. Just cut that out. <laughs> Once you have shooting your own testicle out of your dick, there's there's very little else for you to go. Except for to the sequel. Oh. That's right. Inferno. Next week, not in As in Dante's. Indeed. It's it's not a story. It's a prophecy. <gasps> Whoa! Oh. And we're prophesizing that we, the two of us, Elvis and Andy, will be back six days from now on Halloween day i would say night but the, it's a podcast why you're not gonna listen to it you're trick-or-treating listen to it while you're trick-or-treating that'd be awesome if someone does that please let us know at tom hanks and pod tweet out your hanks costumes if you're gonna wear a hanks costume let me know i've got mine planned i might also wear a different costume but i i, I also have a hanks costume for hanks and well robert langdon would be pretty easy if you want <laughs> you gotta have the hair that's if you do true. robert langdon you have to do da vinci code robert langdon that's true um that's my that's my tom hanks giving official credo i think that's um, that's canon you're right my favorite tom hanks uh halloween costume man with one red shoe yeah super easy <laughs> Fair uh, enough. In the meantime, we're going to be back next week. But in the meantime, Andy, where can they find you? They can find me at Wandering Green. That's green with an E at the end. That's on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And then I also have a podcast. You have a personal Andy Green Facebook page? Did you make it? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> or is that is there you just adding your personal profile? I just, I just say that. <laughs> you don't have a Facebook page. <laughs> I don't have a Facebook page. <laughs> But like when I get in the groove of saying them, I yeah, just yeah. I just add it, especially because I come off someone who always says Instagram, Facebook, Facebook, Instagram. Twitter. So uh, so no, I don't have a Facebook. <laughs> maybe we'll make one for you. <laughs> Instagram and Twitter, Wandering Green, and then <laughs> every week, uh, Aaron and I we we talk <laughs> Gossip Girl, and that is at Gossip Guys Pod. That's our Twitter, Instagram, and that is on Facebook as well. Okay, okay. And uh, we are on iTunes uh, and uh, your favorite podcast app. There you go. Every Monday. You can follow me at Elvis Kunish on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I don't have (laughs) – I do have a Facebook, but don't add me there. People have like BuzzFeed fans have. Oh. It's like it's always weird. It's like I'm not. I'm not gonna add you. Yeah. It's my personal. I should maybe get a. Maybe we should. Both of us should get fan pages uh, before the next episode. Let's do it. There it is. Before Inferno. Before, before the Halloween. world ends. Before the world ends. We gotta. Get no. Re- no regrets. This is the only Hanks Apocalypse movie. Holy shit. Hanks is our only hope. I'm feeling pretty good though. I'm very excited. I had a great time watching this goofy fucking stupid movie. Yeah. And I, I can't wait to not, for next week to take. Uh, to take it to the inferno. We'll put it there, partner. Put it there. And uh, how do you do? <laughs> we'll be back next week. Until then, Hanks for listening and happy hanks Halloween. Tom Hanks, we fell in love with you, Tom Hanks. Just like so many do deeply. Because you made us smile. And you're great on screen style. So that's why we give thanks. Cause you've got a friend in Tom Hanks Tom Hanks Tom Hanks I do. I do remember the island of giant Pokemon. I do as well.
Snorlax was not in that episode. Bullshit!